0: now in uh, the towards the we passed the middle midway point we're towards now taking this move downhill towards the end of this prayer summit the second one uh second summit that we've dealt with uh, the first one we dealt with a single summit and uh, i thought that was pretty delicious myself i really did amen and uh, now we have journeyed into the next one which is the prayer summit and, uh, I'm, I'm licking my, <clears throat> excuse me, licking my fingers on this one too, uh, cause it's just real good. And, and I say this, I say this and it catches me, just catches me every single year, sometimes several times in a year. I have never boasted or claimed to be real smart about things, but I discovered that God is truly the only wise God, our savior, because he knows. Thank you, sir. He knows what to say to us at certain strategic times and turns. I could have never have thought to plan this at this particular time that you know to to share this but it is god had it planted and situated and ordered in such a way that it falls now at a critical time and uh i'm thanking god for it because some things are moving some things are really moving really tangibly moving amen and i'm grateful for this right now i'm glad to be where god is and not where he's not amen praise the lord Glory. Alright. Father bless us as we go into the word. We declare that none of the incorruptible seed of your word falls by the wayside. None falls into stony or thorny ground, but it falls into good ground and it produces a great harvest. Thank you now for the hunger and the thirst that's in the room because we know according to the word and according to scriptural principle and order, that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And we thank you, Lord, that you will fill us, fill us. You will fill us at the place of our hunger and at the place of our thirst. So we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for miracles and for wonders and for uh, uh, healings and, and for wisdom and for revelation and for strategy. That's going to be released tonight. Thank you for your power. Oh my Lord, your power. Hallelujah. In the place right now. We bend our knee to you, Lord God. Have your way in the place in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Stand with me. James chapter number five. And we'll start reading there. <clears throat> the key verses for, the, for our teaching is 16 through 18, but I'm going to start there and catch the text. I need you all to, to allow me to read just a little bit more tonight okay? because of um, where we are going. Starting there at the 13th verse, if you have it, say, I have it. I have it. I'm going to read from the King James Version initially, and it reads, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over them. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, who is Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. I must read 19 and 20. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. This is good. We're going to dig there tonight. We're going to dig there tonight. Raise your Bibles with me. Repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart. Out of my mouth, mouth. but I will will meditate meditate therein therein, day and night. night. I will observe observe to do according to to all all that is written written therein. therein. For then my way way shall be prosperous and and then then I will will have have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed. You may take your seats. In our Kingdom Summit, there are four areas of emphasis that we are dealing with. Thus far, we have uh, dealt with the area of singleness. We have talked about being single, what it really means to be single, and we shared that in our Singles Summit. We're now in our Prayer Summit now, and we're talking about the importance and power of prayer. We will move into our next summit dealing with evangelism, our evangelism summit, and then we will conclude with our economic summit. Those are the four areas of emphasis that we're dealing with in our summit. The main culprit that we are targeting in these four areas that we're dealing with is the flesh. That is the culprit. That is the enemy to every spiritual endeavor. The flesh will try to circumvent and short circuit every spiritual activity because our approach to singleness, our approach to prayer, our approach to evangelism, our approach to, uh, to economics is from the spiritual perspective, looking at it from God's perspective. Look at what it says again. We always say it and share it when we're declaring the word, but let's look at it again. There in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. I want you to look at it there. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. It is God's idea, even though I'm dealing with this particular subject on Sunday as it relates to how to win in life, dealing with winning, dealing with victory. It's also a lesson that deals with success. But what we're talking about in these four areas that we're dealing with is success. How, how to beat the flesh. Success over the flesh. You know what I mean? How to beat the flesh. And I want us to really understand that success is not even your idea or my idea, but it's God's idea. God is the one who has the idea of success. He just basically tells us how we ought to get success. It says there in verse number 8 of Joshua chapter number 1, it says this book of the law. God is speaking now. Through the voice of Moses, but God is, through the pen of Moses, God speaking, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. There is a meditation process, not just thinking of it, but there's a meditative process that is engaged when it comes down to the word of the Lord that we are to meditate therein day and night. That thou, you and I, mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Not to some of it, but all that's written therein. Watch this. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Is that what it says? And then thou shalt have good success. Now, then thou shalt have good success. So then God is telling us how to have success. Okay? He tells us that success comes based upon the premise of meditating on the word of the Lord. Then he says, when you do that, when you take the word of God and you meditate on the word of God, then he says, I put the hand, I put destiny in your hand, that you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Not anybody else. Success is going to be At your hands, in your hands, the destiny of success is in your hands because we're taking God's prescribed plan, the word of God, meditating on it. Then he says, based upon doing that, we now will make decisions in life that will bring success to us. Yeah, because whatever you meditate on becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your decision making process. So now you don't have to wait for somebody else to make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. You and I will do well in our pursuit of the things of God. That's all prosperity is. Doing well in your pursuit. Doing well. Succeeding. Succeeding. So now what we're doing is we are fighting against the flesh. We found out there in Romans... Chapter number 7, we found there that in the flesh, Paul said, in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. So we know that the flesh does not bring about any good thing. In fact, we found Paul again talking to the church at Galatia. And as he was talking to the church at Galatia, he began to tell them how that if we sow to the flesh, we shall reap corruption. That just simply means that as we allow the flesh to have voice and say so in our lives, then it would corrode everything that we put in motion. Everything that the flesh has anything to do with is corrosive. It has this corrosive eroding effect. It eats every endeavor up. Everything you're trying to do, if you do it according to the flesh or by the flesh, it will be corroded. It will be eroded. It will be eaten up. I used to watch, you know, I am a country boy to some degree. Born in the city, but, you know, a lot of my family was born down south. And I used to watch in the summertime when we were sent down south. My mom would send us down south to spend time with grandma, you know, with granddad, and, and be with all of our cousins, our, our aunts and, uh, and uncles, you know what I mean, our aunties and our, and our, our, our uncles. We used to go down there, spend time with them, and cousins, they used to abuse us real bad. All my cousins, they abused us real bad because they called us city boys. You know, we called them farmers and country boys. So, that, you know, we had that little thing going on. We went down with shoes on. They had no shoes, so we called them country. By the time they got done with us, we had our shoes off too. And that's how they, you know, you wore shoes at church and you wore shoes if you're going to the store. But when you're home and at the house and around the house, you put those shoes on your feet. Now, have a witness, anybody know about that? Uh huh. Yeah, so, so we, we, we go down there and every, we go down in the summer. And in the summer was when they would do a lot of the work, the plowing and a lot of the work and, and the de-weeding of the fields and cause they farmed. So they de-weed the fields. We'd always have to go pull weeds in the different fields. In the cotton fields, we had to pull the weed. In the soybean fields, we had to pull the weed. You know what I mean? The tobacco fields, we had to go in and pull the weed. All them, in, in, in the different, different fields, we had to pull weed. You know, even when they had the watermelon patches and all that, we had to go in there and pull weed. You know, I, I hated it. I just did. That's a, that's a strong word, but I hated it, right? And then we go down, and then towards the tail end of summer, we'd have to now go into the tobacco fields and start cropping the tobacco, okay? Or harvesting, if you will, northern, but cropping the tobacco, we the tobacco that's what we call it, debacca. We have to crop the tobacco. so when we go into the tobacco fields, it was always, I would always see these little green worms on the tobacco leaves, Okay, And you would see the little green worms are sitting and just kind of crawling up on the leaves. What was it doing? It was eating away the tobacco. That's what the flesh does. It eats up your crops. It eats eats up everything. Everything you're trying to do, if you do it according to the flesh, it will eat it up. All the good that you do, that that is done in the flesh, will be eaten up. You all with me? So now... Our enemy that we're dealing with, of course we already know our enemy is Satan. We already know that sin is an enemy and all that. We already know that. <clears throat> but what Satan will use, he will use the fallen nature of man to express the flesh, his, his animalistic, uh, 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 passions, his lower nature, his passions, his unbridled passion. Right. And uh, unauthorized passions through the flesh. Okay, And so what what we're doing here is we're fighting against that flesh, that old man. If the Lord said that the old man is dead, then he's dead. We got to keep him dead. So he's our enemy. The flesh is our enemy that we're fighting against because it doesn't like any spiritual endeavor. Now, as we're looking here, as we're in our prayer summit, we have here in the scripture, go back over there to verse 17 and 18. We have there that the Bible says... That Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Then it says, and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now that story that James is talking about can be found there in the book of First Kings chapter number 17. First Kings chapter 17, starting there at verse number 1. I'm not going to go there now. But it goes starts there. And it takes us from 17, chapter 17 through 18. Chapter 18. It takes us into uh, uh, even further in the chapter 19 if we keep reading and going forward with it. This, the whole context of it all. But this part of it ends around the 18th chapter toward the tail end of the first kings, 42 through 45. And what happens is that Elijah prays. We find him coming on the scene in chapter 17, verse 1, where he prays. And as he prays, he's now, he's now praying to the Lord about rain. And in his prayer... He speaks in his prayer that there be no rain. He seeks the Lord, calls upon the Lord, and then declares in his prayer that there be no rain. Bible says there was no rain for over the space of three and a half years. No rain on the earth. Three and a half years, no rain. If you read further down. In the 17 in going into 18. And even if you go into verse chapter number 19, you will find out that the children of Israel had fallen into a state of apostasy. In other words, they had fallen away from God. They had walked away from God. They had began again to become rebellious. They began to be move into idolatry again. Their leadership now is Ahab and Jezebel. They are in trouble worshiping Baal. They are in a state of emergency. They are in trouble. And as a result of their rebellion, as a result of their idolatry, as a result of their apostasy, apostasy, falling away from the Lord, then it was God's will now to bring judgment upon that land. Judgment upon the people. He wants to grab their attention. It is the will of God. That there be no rain. That's what God was. That was God's move. Elijah was a praying man. He was in relationship with the father. And as a result of him being in right relationship with the Father, watch this, intimate relationship with the Father. We've defined what prayer is, aligning ourselves with God, amen, with his will, amen. There is a transparency that takes place when you and I pray earnestly before God. So you got to get over those first five minutes or so, you got to get past that. And once you start digging into prayer now, then you start moving yourself out of the way because it's no longer about you anymore. Now, you you know, you're moving past that place of that early first altar area where you got to get yourself situated because now you really got to do business there. And it's OK to pray for yourself, but you got to get you back in, in, in place. You got to get you, yourself out of the way because there is a purpose for prayer. And the purpose does not end end with my needs. God's trying to move us from a selfish place. Get us out of that me, 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 I. So when we move in the prayer, there is an aligning or a realigning that takes place. Because it's never what I want. It's never my will. It's always the will of the Father. Jesus discovered that in Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. When he was dealing with that, and when, they, when, when he was kissed by his betrayer, right? When he was kissed by his betrayer, uh, uh, Judas, it was then that the, the soldiers identified who he was, right? And that now, it is now that he's preparing now to go through the process of his crucifixion. And the Bible says, in the midst of the garden, the place of the press, The place of the pressure, he is now, he is now sweating as it were, drops of blood. He is agonizing there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of the press, the place of the pressure. And in, in that place, he is praying now because his flesh now wants to have opportunity. His flesh as son of man, His flesh now wants to have opportunity of expression because he sees death in front of him. And so his flesh is trying to have a voice in this thing. And he says in his prayer that if there be any way possible, father, allow this cup to pass. But he didn't linger there. He said, but nevertheless, he made sure that his flesh was under his feet, that his flesh was under control, that he would not get out of place. Watch this or out of alignment with the father, because everything that he has been able to do up to this point has been because of his alignment with the father. Oh, man, his words were aligned with the father. His lifestyle was aligned with the father. He never forgot why he was here. He never forgot his purpose. While Peter's angry and cutting the ear off of the soldier of, of Malchus, he, Jesus said, no, 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 man. This has to happen. You know, most of them say, oh, get, cut his ear off again. Cut the other one off. But Jesus said, no, no, no. You're in the way. You're in the way of what is supposed to happen. Jesus, even under pressure, made sure he was in alignment with the Father. And that's what prayer does. And so Elijah, don't want to get caught there, Elijah is a praying man and he aligns himself with the Father. When you and I become serious about prayer, you will recognize that it ain't about you. But that prayer has, oh my God, a tremendous assignment. It has a tremendous assignment. It's purposeful. Hallelujah. And prayer coming from a believer changes things. Come on. Prayer coming from a believer changes people. Prayer coming from a believer changes environments. Y'all better hear me. Y'all better hear me. Prayer coming from a believer changes circumstances. Reverses things. Who was that man? Hezekiah. Got a word from the prophet that he was going to die. He was going to die. Now come on, you got a word from the prophet that you're going to die. A prophet of the Lord that you're going to die and not live. What did this man do? This man did, my God, put God in remembrance that he was the one who came. Pull down those, uh, the, the idols and all those things that they had put in the, t- he was the one that tore down that idolatrous worship and restored the worship of Jehovah. He was the one, he put God in remembrance of that. He reminded God. Come on, somebody say he reminded God. He reminded God. God says, I believe it's in Isaiah 44, remind me, put me in remembrance of my word. He reminded God of what he did. God don't mind you tussling with him. In other words, here's what I mean by that. God don't mind you bringing his word back to him like that. He don't mind you digging in like that. Put me in remembrance of my mercies. Put me in. Rem- God said, put me in remembrance. And he reminded him through prayer. Now, come on now. The man had to have a relationship with God. He had to be in alignment with God. And so he had to have power with God. And when he prayed, come on, God reversed the decision upon his life. Y'all better hear me. He reversed the decision upon his life and said another word, gave him an extended 15 years, gave him multiplied grace, 15 years extended on his life. Joshua, come on now, in battle, y'all heard me say this, in battle, and as he was in battle against the Amalekites, needed more time. And he prayed and told the sun, you stay right there in the moon, you stay right over there. And God gave him a full day to complete, kept the sun up, kept daylight out so that he can accomplish the goal. Because the man, the man prayed, y'all. I said the man prayed. I said, the man prayed. No, y'all didn't catch it. I said, the man prayed. In other words, he was in alignment with the father. His life had become transparent to the father. Yeah. Yeah. just said, don't let it rain. Because he wasn't asking anything personal. He just simply agreed with God's decision. Oh man. He agreed with God's decision. Because God needed to say something. God needed to judge this, judge the matter. So he dried up the skies. He dried up the heavens that there'd be no rain come down. And the rain, watch this, the rain only returned back to the ground when there was a turning. When there was a repentance. Please don't forget that. I'm going to come back to that. There was a turning. There was a repentance. There was a changing of a mind. There was a changing of a direction of the lives of a people until the man went back to God and said, there is repentance in the land. God says, yeah, you heard it too. Because God is using a man in the earth. Come on. God is using a man, a person in the earth. God can't do it until God is illegal in the earth unless he has a cooperating spirit in the earth, a cooperating man in the earth. Y'all with me? Go to Isaiah real quickly. Chapter number six. Isaiah chapter number six. Hallelujah. I feel fire up in this place tonight. Glory to God! Hallelujah! You ought to shout right there, real quick, while you tra- while you're traveling. You ought to shout, Hallelujah! Look at Isaiah chapter number six. Start there at verse number five. Then said I. I'm sorry, I got to go. Okay. Then said I, "Woe is me, for I am undone." Is Isaiah talking? I'm undone. He says because I am a man of unclean lips and I would, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims okay we heard you now watch this and then flew one of the seraphims under me having a live coal in his hand when he had taken with the tongs from off the altar watch this and he laid it where upon my mouth the man who said I'm a man of unclean lips here comes something that's going to fix your mouth right here And laid it upon my mouth and said, lo, this hath touched thy lips. And thine iniquity, come on, is taken away. And thy sin, yes, is purged. Y'all see that? Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? What did he say? Then said I, what? Here am I. God's looking for somebody, y'all. He's looking for a man in the earth. He's looking for somebody. He's looking for a woman in the earth. Go to Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22, because he needs to use, he needs a willing vessel. God's looking for a willing vessel, not someone who's caught up, who's fat and full and can't hear. Oh man, who's stuck on themselves. He's looking for somebody who's available, somebody who's willing. And available doesn't mean that you got time on your schedule. It means that you have prepared yourself. You have availed yourself to the matter. You have surrendered yourself. You have made yourself. You have cleared everything. Yes, 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 yes. Ezekiel 22. Look there at verse number... Hmm... Thirty. It says, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. That I should not do what? Destroy it. Here's the sad epitaph. But I found none. He poured out his indignation, the Bible says. Watch what it says there in the amplified version there in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And I sought a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God's looking for you. God's looking for you. God's looking for you. He's not looking. Watch this now. He's not looking for someone who looks the part. Watch this now. Aww. Follow me. He's not looking for someone who's got a shiny little outfit on, yeah. so to speak. This is this kind of following. Someone who, who, when you take a look with your natural eye, you say, that's the one. God's not choosing like that. That's right. Just like the choice of David was a matter of the heart. He's looking for that same... It's just the same criteria. He's still looking at a heart. He's not looking at your weakness. He's not looking at your proclivities. He's looking at your heart. He's looking for real. He's looking for authenticity. He's looking for something that that, that is real. Not something that's fake. Not something that's plastic. Not something that's phony. He's looking for something that's real. You don't have to know everything. All you got to do is surrender everything. God's not waiting for you to gain certain levels of education in this thing before he calls you and uses you. He's just looking for a surrendered heart, a heart that is ready, a heart that is available, a heart that is given to him. When he looks at you, he should see himself. There should ought to be, there ought to be a reflection of him when he looks at you and I. Hallelujah. When his heart beat, he ought to hear yours beating just like his. You ought to not like the things he don't like, and you ought to love the things that he loves. Come on, y'all! But you know what it is—we're so attached to the earth that we love the earth. Yes. We love clay. We love dirt. We love stuff that get rust on it. We love stuff that wear out. No, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, no, no. He's looking for a heart. That wants what he wants. That is passionate about the things that he's passionate about. Hallelujah. God is not slack. Talk to me. God is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count as slackness. But he is long suffering. toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what? There's a lot of folks in the church that want to see a lot of people dead. My Lord. Jesus. My Lord. And they want to see them dead. Watch this now. They want to see them dead. And I, and I, I, I get the natural side of this. So don't, don't, don't think I'm crazy here, but they want a lot of people dead. Number one, for what people have done to us uh-huh. Uh-huh. wrong, how they wronged us and then the injustice that they have done to others. And so we want to embrace, and I'm just going to say it, we want to embrace the eye for an eye. We we want to embrace that level of judgment. But we found out in scripture that God is long suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish. Come on, y'all. But that all should come to repentance. All right, Hans, why you bring that to the table? Because your worst enemy, God wants to save them. God wants to save your worst enemy. While we're praying, kill him, God, kill him. Now I'm all right, I'll am admit to you. I'll admit to you. Everybody say, long, long time ago. Come on, say, long, long time ago. Yeah, I prayed that God would take somebody out. I did. Yeah, I did. I prayed God would take one of my take my ex out. Take just take her out. Just take her out. Kill her, God, kill her. I did. I'm can, I, I'm being honest. That's me now. You, you got your own. No, I, I ain't glorying in that. I'm just trying to tell you that's where I was at one time. Everybody say long time ago, long time ago. Because I don't want y'all going, you're you know, pastor. You. No, long time ago. I prayed that. Okay. But I prayed that way because I wasn't a whole man. I was a fractured man. I was a messed up man. And I wanted revenge. I just knew I couldn't do it. I wanted, (laughs) because if God did it, I wouldn't get in trouble. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Okay. But I didn't stay in that state long. God delivered me and healed me real good until I prayed for their success. I prayed for their salvation. Come on. I wanted them to be saved. Never mind what you did to me. You need Jesus. I wanted them to be saved. And my only point for sharing this is that God is long suffering. If God would have killed me in my wild career, come on. (laughs) hey Jesus in hell would I have lifted up my eyes but thank God for his mercy see my desire ought to be his desire and once I get to that place a real place then he has found someone that he can use hallelujah And so now what he wants to do in the earth, we agree, God, I agree with that. Here I am, you can use me. So the man prayed and the heavens were shut up of rain. Three and a half years. He wasn't no special man. Bible says he was a man with like passions, just like we are. There was nothing special or elite about him per se. Like us. Feel like we feel. Have tendencies like we have. You know what I mean? Have to war in the spirit. Come on. How many of you have to, every now and then you have to war in the spirit? Yeah, you got to go to war. Get stuff off of you. You got to get some stuff off of you. So where would this thought come from? You know what I mean? I don't care how good you are. You got to deal with thoughts every now and then. Wherever you're exposed to, sometimes you can, there's a thought that will come in. You don't have to take it, but there's a thought that comes to knock at your door. And you got to deal with it. Are y'all with me? All right. Can I keep moving? Go back to James 5. Hmm. Now, we see here in this passage that there is this message, this, in this context, this message of this prayer, prayer and confession. We see that in, in this text from 13, from 13 to 18 if you will uh, actually all the way down uh, to 20 we see here this idea of prayer and this and confession because there is <clears throat> we run the risk of being separated watch this it's being separated from the will of god there is this risk to miss to miss god so this text is that James is talking to us about really is a text that brings continuity to the life of people. It talks about how to live in communion, common, how to live together, how to have this union, how to have this unity, how to be together, how not to allow any breaches to uh, uh, prevail. But to deal with these breaches. Amen. And the answer is prayer. This prayer and confession that there is a way or that that there is a spiritual activity that we can engage in that will eliminate the breach. Hmm. Intercession that we saw there in Ezekiel 22 and 30 was important because God called it in so that there would not be any breaches. There's a standing in the gap. There's a making up of the hedge because God doesn't want any breaches. There, There cannot be any opening. We have to close up the gaps. There, there, there are those, and let me just kind of keep chasing this, because there are those and that there are things that uh, cannot, thank you, Lord, cannot speak adequately for themselves or itself. There, there is so much disadvantage taking place. So many people being taken advantage of. So many people whose eyes have, whose spiritual eyes have been darkened. So many who are ill-equipped to fight who need to have a voice. And without a voice, they would be taken over, run over, run amok. Their lives would be in jeopardy. So God calls on the believers. God calls on the church. I'm going to take it a little further. He calls on his sons. He calls on the mature believers. Calls on those who know how to get in the trenches. But not only calling those who know how to get in the trenches, because if he calls those who knows how to get in the trenches, who know how to pray, if we can rescue those who are vulnerable, then we can teach them how to pray. Come on, teach them how to pray. And then what that does, it strengthens, it strengthens the hedge. Come on, y'all. It it allows us, watch this, to protect and to preserve more. There's no reason why your son should go to hell. There's no reason why your daughter should go to hell. There's no reason why you and I should be broke as a joke. There's no reason why we should be in poverty. No reason why we shouldn't have not just enough, but no reason why we shouldn't have more than enough. Come on, y'all. Because the moment that you and I reach more than enough is when we become viable in the earth. When we're breaking even, God hasn't gained anything. Without an overflow, nothing has changed. That's why you need more than you have right now. And there is no reason why we should be below or even either breaking even. We should be overflowing. Your stuff ought to overflow. Come on, your treasury ought to overflow. Hallelujah. Why are we going to fight praying in tongues? Do you not know that's the overflow? That's when we matter. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. I just feel fire tonight. That's when we become significant. There is a time to pray in your native tongue, but then there's a time to do away with that. There is an overflow, and the overflow speaks to the need that's out there now. I'm not praying in the Holy Ghost to make myself feel good or to make you know that I'm real spiritual. Man, when I'm speaking and praying in tongues and praising in tongues, I am going outside of myself. It is reaching a need that is out there. It's talking to God, getting things to be loose and come on and released. Because we don't know what we ought to pray. When we all to at times. Amen. Hallelujah. What you think? I'm going to come up here and tell you all my problems. Not a chance. But if you pray in the Holy Ghost, God will heal me because you're praying out of your overflow. God will fix my situation when you team up with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Time out for trying to impress folks. Got time for that? Listen, I'm telling you, it's too, it takes too much to try to impress y'all. I'm telling you, the day you come out trying to impress folks, they will sit on you and look at you like you ain't doing nothing. But out of your overflow, out of your more than enough. Out of your unselfishness. God will begin now to reach the knee, come on, that's out, the real knee that's out there in the world. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, elbow somebody say, God's looking for somebody like you. Hallelujah. You didn't have to have a silver spoon when you came out. You didn't even have to come out saying Jesus and thank you. Hallelujah! He's just looking for someone who's ready, ready and willing to surrender. Give it up, man! Give it up. I heard a preacher say, "If you're willing to give it, give it all up. If you what is it? If you're willing to give it all up, you can have it all." Thank you, something like that. Hallelujah! Y'all still with me? So now. Verse, I just have to attack this scripture. Verse number 16. Confess your faults one to another. Amplify says, confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your offenses, your sins, your false steps. Confess them, he says. <clears throat> and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Hallelujah. Period. The effectual fervent. That's where I want to go. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer... Of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. When we look at the word, the effectual. Effectual comes from this word energy. Energy. Power. Okay. But power in this sense. Explosive power. Dynamic power. Working. In other words, the effectual prayer, the prayer that works, that's filled with energy. Working, that has explosive dynamic in nature, power. Now watch this now, energy does not always refer to loud, y'all. Cause a lot of people hollering ain't saying nothing. I'm trying to, they're just making noise. I'm trying to tell you, trying to scare stuff into existence. You can't scare stuff into existence. Now, now don't get me wrong, I can't, you, I'm not saying you can't holler. Holler if you want to holler, but in the holler, Have inertia. Have some spiritual impact. Ha- <laughs> just holler. We trying to pray. You just holler. I know the difference between a holler, a noise holler, and a prayer holler. You just make a noise. I need you to be quiet now so I can say something to the Lord, right? I can't hear myself pray because you're hollering, doing nothing. Okay. But when you have this inertia flowing in you, And the next person have inertia, and we and we may have volume with our voices. We will not conflict with each other. In fact, there will be this coming together where we team up, and then we'll double barreling. Come on, y'all, double barreling the spiritual arena. There is this dynamic working. Energy, man. Energy. 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 Flowing. Energy. Come on, tell someone you can't be lazy in this thing. What you talking about? Man, get up off of, get, get, get up off of your lazy hips and let's get this thing. No, 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 come on now. Don't be playing. I'm ready to go in. You talking about, okay, all right, let's go. What, what is that about? No, uh-uh, no, ain't no way. No, we got to deal with this first. Pow, come out of it. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. You, you, I'm you have to come with this dynamite, man. St- strike. Put it on the wick, man. Let that, this thing about to explode. I'm hyped. Okay, all right, all right. This energy, okay, this flowing energy, this thing that has this zeal on me. I'm zealous about this thing. I'm pushed about this thing. I'm moved, y'all with me? Moved about this thing. Ah, God. The effectual, energetic, come on, dynamic working power that is fervent. Yeah. Fervent has this, has this, I'm serious about this attitude. I mean this. Fervent is, is this earnest, serious intention filled with zeal. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is it is this idea. <clears throat> Of contending with an enemy. It's it's an idea of we're going to battle. Oh, I'm serious. We're going to battle. I didn't come just to come. I, I'm, I came here to battle. Y'all get it? I can't, (laughs) how many of y'all know there's some, some tough stuff that's been rooted in stuff? There's some deep seated stuff that has been for years. You can't just look at a person and just take it at their, what you see in the front. No. When you're aligned with God through prayer, watch this now, when you're aligned with God, God knows That we either gonna need a tsunami for this one. We need, we'll have to shut the faucet of heaven. In other words, God, what he will come with is equal to if more, if not more than that issue. Jesus ran the risk while talking to Peter. He said, Satan. Uh (laughs) He used a term. He looked at Satan when he looked at Peter. He wasn't talking to Peter, but he was talking to Satan. But my point is, he was looking at Peter. He ran the risk of offending Peter. But that's what it would take to address that spirit that's in activity right now. And so when you and I move into effectual, fervent prayer, you got to understand that it is active, power, energy, zealous. Come on. It, it is earnest, serious anchor. It is not slowful. It is not lagging. It is not sagging. It is not dragging. It is ready. Come on, tell somebody, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You can't come to prayer sleeping. Hallelujah. We'll give you five minutes to get the sleep off you, but then we got to get busy here. If you understand what I mean, when you get up in the morning, you roll, I just roll out on your knees. I get all of that. But you can't just lay there. I'm gonna lay here. You can't just lay there. I mean, you lay there if you want, but you got to get in because you ain't doing nothing. I'm gonna meditate on the Lord. I'm gonna meditate on Jesus. Man, you get up five in the morning to I'm meditating on the Lord. It's eight o'clock now. You you need to have, or you need to be sitting at your desk right now or at your machine right now. You can't beat tiredness by laying there. Come on, you gotta cut across the field on that thing. You gotta be like salmon. You gotta swim up swim up screen, upstream. You gotta just break all of that. I'm not saying you gotta just all of a sudden wake up hollering and screaming, but I am saying you gotta wait. You come on, I need y'all to catch this. You will not be recognized in the spirit arena against anything that is challenging and that is deep-seated if you don't get energy about yourself, if you and I don't get fervent about The devil will look at you, will know that you're a believer, but won't pay you no mind. The devil will hear the words because the devil has heard the words. But he will pay you no mind because the devil will discern and know that you're not earnest, that you're not serious about this. Y'all with me? It is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a person who is in right standing with the Lord. That avails, that wins. Come on, that succeeds. Every prayer you pray ought to succeed. Because, you gotta, and you got to catch this, the reason why the prayer you pray must succeed is because it's not you that's on the line. It's God that's on the line. So ineffective prayer is a slap in God's face. It is disrespect to God and the enemy know they're not serious about their God. Just like, come on, just like the kingdom of God is organized in rank, angelic rank, and there are people who are in the ranks. You got to understand the kingdom of darkness is ranked, organized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all still with me? All right. Ooh. Let me bring this to a close. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I said all of that to set y'all up. Because the key to having this tremendous explosive power availed to us is because of verses 19 and 20. I'm going to read it for you in the King James, but then I'm going to take you to the Amplify because I need you to really get this. Oh, Lord. Okay. What I say? 19 and 20? That's what it Okay. Right, this is after Elijah prayed again and it started raining. Because repentance took place. He prayed first. That it stopped raining. Because the apostasy. The falling away of the people of God. The idolatry that they had fallen into. They are now spiritually blind. They are jacked up. They are messed up. God shuts the faucet of heaven off. No rain at all for three and a half years. But when repentance as a result of what he did. Provokes them to repentance. Repentance. Elijah recognizes that the requirement had been met. The criteria had been met. He says, Lord, the rain can come now again. And God says, I'm glad that you're in agreement with me. Let the rain fall. Okay. Keep that in mind. Now, verse 19 says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner, from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Watch this now, because I need you to know that your prayer, the, the, your prayer. <clears throat> is a spiritual activity. Yet to a believer, it's an assignment. It's purposeful. Okay, it's purposeful. Your heart has to break like God's heart. Over mess and what sin has done to a people. There are people who are in sin now who are ignorant of their sin. Here's what I mean by that. They don't know how they got there. They think it's all right. They don't see anything wrong in it. In fact, ain't nothing bad happened to them yet as far as they're concerned. Sin ain't that bad. They're blind. They don't know that their life is rotting on a daily basis. That the quality of their life is being lost. That Satan has has deceived them. They don't even know that they're blind. Remember what I told you about deception? It is a mistaken conviction on misinformation. Now, look at this. Listen, listen. I'm going to catch it here at 17. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain. And it did. The showers came. And everything started growing again. 19. Watch this. My dear friends. Here's the lesson that James trying to get us to. My dear friends. If you know people. Who have wandered off from God's truth. Don't write them off. Y'all got that? I'm sorry, I had to pause there, I had to stop there, but I need you to hear that. I got to say it again, my dear friends. This is on the this is on the heels of what had just happened about Elijah. We just heard about Elijah. If you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Watch this. Here's the thing. I, here's the word. Here's the phrase. The next phrase is go after them. Go after them. That's what I want to leave with you. Leave with you tonight. Go after them. Go after them. Go after them. Don't write them off. But go after them. You may not be allowed where they live. You may not have permission to go inside the gate. Security may not let you up on the eighth floor where they are. You may not be able to travel from here to Rikers Island. You may not be able to go because your funds right now won't allow you to go to California. You may not be able to go to Somalia. And perhaps you may not even be able to go downtown of your city. But go after them nonetheless. You don't need to take your physical legs and your body to go there. Go after them. I need you to put that in bold caps on your paper or, or wherever you're writing on your on your iPad, your phone, wherever you're writing on. No, just, I need you to put, and then put quotes on on either side. Go after them. Don't write them off. Go after them. Too much damage left left without anyone speaking. About it. Too much hurt unaddressed. Too much injustice unaddressed. Passive. We Christians. Won't you become a kingdom citizen? I think being a kingdom citizen is better than being a Christian. Can you say what? I can do a teaching on that. Some of y'all just love being a Christian. It's more than being a Christian. Jesus ain't never called himself a Christian. Okay, I ain't gonna mess with y'all with that. Just put that somewhere on the side. Okay. How about kingdom? How about that one? What about a citizen? What about a son? Oh man. What about that? He says. Don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back. And you will have rescued precious lives. From destruction. And prevented an epidemic. Oh. Of wandering away from God. You and I have the power uh, to close the gate, man. We have the power to reach into the mouth of the lion and pull out the lambs. We have the power To shut, oh man, shut the devil's mouth. And what has already been unleashed, we can stop it in midair. Your prayers have never been natural. They have always been supernatural. It has always given us the license to do business in the spirit arena. Always, always, always. Folks, problem ain't natural. They have spiritual issues. That's the parent world. The spirit world is the parent world that gives birth to all this natural stuff that's going on. And we have the power to get up in that world, in that realm, and execute business on behalf of the kingdom of God. Teach us to pray. I guess I will, Jesus said. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Here on earth. As it is in. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus would rise early in the morning. Before daylight, the man was up. The man was walking the floor. I'm sorry, he was, the man was praying. There are historical, there is, there is historical information that's not documented in the, the Bible itself about the life of Jesus. That gives us insight of his prayer life. The man didn't just pray in the morning, y'all. The man prayed all day long. He had special times when he would pray and get away. But the man lived a lifestyle of prayer. He didn't just start at the age of 30. Jesus was highly developed in prayer. He started in the morning and never finished until night. That's the essence of praying without ceasing, that Paul says in Thessalonians. That don't mean you're on your knees. I can't do nothing. I stay on my knees all day long. No, you missed it right there. Prayer is not on your knees. That's not not the extent of prayer when you're on your knees. Knees is a position of humility. It is a heart attitude. You can pray on your knees. You can pray on your face laying on the floor. You can walk the floor. You can work at your desk, work on your job, on that machine, and still be praying. You ought not just to have an umpkin. Ooh, let me pray. Mm-hmm. It's constant communion with God. Prayer could be so much so that it is hard for the natural ear to determine whether you are confessing, declaring the word of God, praising, or praying, because they are all communion aspects with the Father. Because your praise can be a prayer. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I close with this. My mind kind of went there when I said that. There's a a certain element, aspect of of, uh, praise that I share and teach. But it comes down to the dancing aspect of praise. dancing with the Lord and been dancing with Him. <laughs> and that is, I you know you all heard me share you heard it. You haven't heard come to me. You heard me share it. And that is, that when I am praising God and I have moved out of myself, when I have moved out of self competition. And I have this spirit consciousness here that's dominating the moment. What happens is I move from a place of dancing before the king. Until my dance leads me to the king. And he grabs me by the hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. He grabs me by the hand. And he begins now to twirl me. takes the lead. And some of y'all think you don't know what that saying, but God sings too. But he takes the lead in dancing, and then he pulls you close, and then he starts spinning in the dance. You become one. You don't know where you end, where he begins, because we have become one. Prayer takes us to that place, y'all. When we are in such communion with the Father, until when God thinks it, you think it. When God wants it, you want it. You are triggered. When He wants it, you want it. And you start speaking with authority. Tomorrow, I'm on the head, but tomorrow we will end our teaching on prayer and we will go to your mouth tomorrow. Because there, there is a sound, a certain sound vibration that comes out of you, that has wings, and that uh, moves. You are recognized in the spirit of the Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> it's about go the guy